The name of the father of Jesus is Joseph. That's common knowledge. There are a lot of scriptural stories about the reaction of being a parent for Mary. But what's not so common are the stories of the reactions of the dad, of Joseph. In fact, there's only one gospel account that tells of Joseph finding out he'll be a dad. And that account comes from Matthew. I want to read it to you now. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken to the Lord through the prophet. Joseph had a choice to make. Joseph could have decided to quietly leave his girlfriend, leave his fiance, or Joseph could decide to include a child in his love and care. The words of fostering and adopting, these are modern day words and systems and structures that I am putting upon a first century story, but there is an argument to be had that Joseph was a fostering and adoptive father. Joseph took a child into his home with great love and great care, and shared his days and his vocation with a son. And I have great hope in that. And I have great hope in people who are continuing to do that. Some of our families do that right here in Chapel Roswell. So we have a B-series. And as we were thinking about a name for this B-series, I have to tell you it was difficult because we went certain paths. So let's say be adopted. Let's say be fostered. Let's say be this. But nothing felt quite right. And so as a Chapel Roswell team, we landed on be family. Because for us, we want to be family and to have a quote from Ted Lasso, we celebrate the family we're born with and the family that we meet along the way. So hopefully somebody knows Ted Lasso, maybe. It's a great one. Love it. If you don't know, it's really good. But 
If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, if you have seen Ted Lasso, what I want you to do is picture with me this really long, this is one of the scenes in the new season, this really long table that goes through multiple rooms in the house and around the table are all these beautiful faces that necessarily were not all born in the same family. And so it's with this image of this very long table of family that I invite you to be a part of a story and a conversation that I'm going to have today with Chapel Roswell's very own Joe Dean. So we're so grateful to have you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so I want to just get started by asking, how are you involved in this foster care world? Well, I think to the words you just put on, be family, I think before I start, it is a family affair. I'm obviously up here representing uh, my beautiful family that's sitting uh, behind us here, uh, my wife Jessica, uh, daughter Katie, uh, Carson, and Lottie. And uh, we certainly do this as a family, but I'm, I'm here representing us uh, today. And I would tell you um, our involvement uh, has certainly been a journey. And where we get involved in foster care today is through what they call respite care. And uh, the best way I know to explain respite care, it's like being the grandparents. Uh, you get to get uh, foster, kid, uh, foster children from the foster families uh, when they need a break. And uh, get to spoil them for two days to two weeks uh, to a month, whatever that time uh, may, may be. Or, uh, you know, just recently we had a family that we helped support and uh, the, one of the children had to go to the hospital. So we supported while they were supporting one of the children uh, in, the, uh, in the hospital. And uh, we've been a part of kind of this journey for about uh, four years. And um, it actually started right here at Chapel Roswell with Foster Cares. Uh, came in and spoke about four years ago. Eric uh, had them in. And uh, our family, my daughters and, and wife, went down uh, to the distribution center folding clothes. And that's how we first um, got involved. And uh, then through the time, there were, you know, certainly little pieces that I felt something was, was talking to us. I remember coming back in the mornings early from, uh, from the gym and hearing there's a commercial that I always played on 92.3 about um, the foster kid's vision of what was happening during the day and the foster parent. And the foster parent was like, we're not perfect. The foster child was like, it was the greatest thing ever, right? And so that, that kind of spoke to us. And then finally, we got a, a brochure. So we're, we are involved with Goshen Valley Homes in Canton, Georgia. And they uh, specialize in uh, keeping multiple siblings together. Uh, so anywhere from 2 to 12, uh, they can have uh, you know, sibling groups. And we've learned along the way, you know, with, with, uh, with respite care and, you know, the role it plays for the heroes, the foster parents, heroes, and all the administration, um, is that it's a lot. And, you know, about 40% of foster families will end up leaving the program after a year, a lot from burnout and being able to have a break them, themselves. And so we've found our place um, to help uh, is uh, through respite care. How many families have you helped? Well, uh, we've helped probably four, four families. Um, and what we found is, uh, as we got, uh, got started, um, you know, the, the training process is um, about six months. You obviously go through training, home visits to make sure that, uh, that you're ready to go. But as we found is you get connected to families. So we've had four different families, but we've had those families multiple times. So they kind of lean on you. As I said, the grandparents are the people that they trust, and you're in training together uh, with these parents as well. And uh, so we have, we, have, we have about four 
families we work with, and we've had two of the families multiple times. Uh, we've got it coming up again in September for two weeks. Uh, the uh, family's going on vacation, and a lot of the foster kids, obviously, they can't leave the state, and so if they're going out to see other families, they need a place um, to, uh, to keep those children. I think that's an important point. So the foster children that are in the system right now, they cannot leave the state of Georgia. Correct. And so for their foster families, that limits them maybe to see other family members or other emergency situations that happen. Correct. So they can come to a respite home. Respite home, yes. Where they know that there's love and support and they yes. have somebody that they trust. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because you know, obviously these foster kids and foster families get very attached. I mean, they're anywhere from two months to years uh, staying with, obviously with Goshen Homes, and I think with a lot of agencies, the main goal is to reunify families. Um, and, but that also takes time as they continue to build um, you know, the bio parents back up and get the correct training and get them in a right. place where they can uh, bring their children back into the home. Right. So put into context for us these children, the four families that you work with, put that into a larger context for us about how many children are totally in foster care in the state of Georgia. So right now, um, and I think becomes an important piece, there's uh, you know, an estimate of about 13,000 children in foster care and about 5,000 families. So when you think about the need, um, there certainly continues to be a need for people to bring children into their home, show them a loving uh, environment uh, as they continue to work towards unification uh, back with their families. So that's about two thirds of our foster children that yes. still need families. I know that's a rough estimate. I'm making yes. a big average there. <laughs> Five of 13. So it's about two thirds. So um, it's really important. I think what you and your family are doing is this huge blessing because it allows someone to have those moments um, that they need and the extra support. It's like one more layer under them. Yes. To correct. build that foundation. Correct. Correct. So you have this beautiful family. And it impacts everybody. Yes. So tell me, how has the whole family been involved with the children that come in the home? Well, you know, I mean, we, we have three children, right? And, um, you know, so we certainly, you know, have and with, with our kids and the kids have their certain roles in the household. Um, and so I think certainly from a, from a scheduling standpoint and making sure that uh, you've got all that uh, uh, buckled down is certainly an important piece. But it's been really cool to see our kids evolve and see different pieces of, they, of them come out uh, in, our, in our household. Our oldest, Katie, is kind of, when we're not around, obviously almost the parent uh, to our kids at times and shows a lot of grace and, and love. Um, and, you know, Lottie is the little sister, right? She's the youngest in the family, and it's really cool. We, we work with children five years or younger is who we have into to our home, and she gets to become the bigger sister, and it's great to see her evolve and see that what she's learned uh, from her older sister, right? How to, how to take care of a sibling, how to play with a sibling, uh, how to make, make sure that sibling feels uh, welcome. Uh, for my son Carson, uh, he's probably like any uh, 12-year-old. Uh, he likes to go up to his room. He's either playing games or out with basketball. And it's really cool to see him show compassion uh, to, to young boys and play cars with them on the floor and be able to see that interaction that we don't necessarily get to see uh, each and every day. And so we certainly get to enjoy that piece as, you know, as we continue to evolve as a family. And hopefully it's lessons that they're able to take as well um, you know, as, as they as they move forward. And, you know, we, we were talking, you know, as a family is, you know, I think when we first started 
um, you know, respite care, getting involved, um, you know, it was certainly, you know, a pull to go do that. And it, it, what I would tell you is it felt like I've got to go do this. We've got to go do this. And that was really how we were pulled into this. Um, and, you know, what has happened is, as we've evolved, it's a we get to do this. And uh, I heard this from, from uh, Ernie Johnson. Anybody watches TNT basketball? He talks about a got to and a get to. And that's really how it's evolved for us is we really get excited because it's something we get to do. It's not only these ch children and we get to show love and affection, they also show love and affection back. And it's great to see them you know, continue to grow um, as, uh, as they grow in their lives as well and get into, into better situations. I, what I hear as a parent, here you have these three children who are past the point of needing a whole lot of attention daily. Yes. Then you bring in these five-year-olds, and that will change a house. Yes. And that is, that is a good point. I know yes. some of you are laughing because you may have that. That is, that is a good point. You know, my 14-year-old daughter, I used to be very funny with my dances and the funny voices I'd leave. That's kind of gotten old. Oh, no. And so now with the five-year-olds coming oh, in, no. I'm back. I've got a lot of humor that I'm able to bring back uh, to the group. It, it really it builds my self-esteem. It brings it. my self-esteem back up. So that's what I mean. It's helped me. I get to go do it. Uh, my dances have gotten a lot more funnier again. So that's, uh, that's certainly a great, uh, a great piece of it. I'm looking to show just like the shades of red. Yes. <laughs> coming yeah. over all three. I love that. Yeah, you can be the cool dad again. I right? am. I the can be cool the cool dad again. They have no idea. So uh, it's great. It's great. And so how hard is it? Is it difficult to, after your two weeks, that you have these precious ones? You know, I would not call the word difficult, but it does... It does take planning and it takes to be on the same page, right? And, you know, we're very aware that, um, you know, a lot of the things that I've obviously talked, a lot of the things we hope that we reflect onto our own children and reflect onto um, the foster children that come into our home. But it's so important with your actions, right? And so we're very, you know, it can be stressful, right? So we try yeah. to make sure that we're checking each other because those children are not going to listen to your words. They're going to listen to your actions. And so we're very right. cognizant of that as they come in. So it's important for us to be planned, right? We work with, you know, Goshen Homes that is multiple siblings, and the goal is to keep siblings together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there can be anywhere from, I mean, 3 to 15 sibling groups. Uh, we do not, we are, we are only authorized or trained to take in three. Um, and, uh, you know, we work through that, but I'd also tell you too, and I don't, as I, that comes out of my mouth, I'm like, I can see probably making people very nervous. We've never taken in 15 children at a, at a time. My, um, my heart is nervous for but, but any parent, I, but I think it's, yes, I think it's important. They that, need lots of love. Yes. Um, it's important that it's, um, you know, with Goshen Homes, and I'm sure any, they meet you where you're at as well, right? There's a, you know, certainly grateful to have people in the system and help. So we've uh, been a part of a 15 set sibling and we took two of the kids yeah. uh, when they went out to, to do, do things. And we've gone, we're only up to, to three is our max. Uh, but yeah, it definitely takes a lot of planning and making sure that we're, you know, all on the same page, um, you know, action wise as well. And that we're reflecting that love in the household. We have them for a short amount of time. Yeah. We want that experience uh, to be one of love and nurturing and grace uh, to each other. Because you can feel it. There is something when you walk into a home, there's an, there's an ambiance, there's a feeling you can just sense, is this a yeah. safe place for me or is this not a safe place? Yeah. And so it's wonderful that you all are thinking that through 
as you prepare your home. But as I see three of your children and three of these beautiful children coming in with foster care, it's like one-on-one. -on -one. Like, you know, it's really nice to, to think you're doubling your family. Yes. One of the questions that made me think of, um, as you all have these memories, you know, every family has stories that you share, like the goofy dad dances or whatever that family memory is. When y'all are talking about some of your family stories, um, are your extra children involved in those stories? You know, I think um, I'll share two with, two with you. I think um, one is um, the children have, uh, I think it kind of retrains us on um, our, our limitations at times as well. So we had our set of three one time and we thought it was a good idea to take a five-year-old, 18-month-old and six-month-old out to a tra track meet uh, in the screaming heat with three other kids that if anybody's ever been part of a track meet, that's about a two-hour to three-hour adventure just to see your kid run. That was a mistake. So we learned quickly that probably better not to take, uh, you know, three kids under under five to a uh, hot track meet uh, to watch that. So we've learned. It's, as I said, it's taught us things. But I think... Great parents learn. Yeah, great yeah. parents learn. We're, we're evolving is what I like to say as, uh, as parents. But I think one that uh, probably met the, you know, is just, I think, the impact um, of, of, of foster care and what all the great people do across every agency, the state and, and independent agencies, is the impact they can truly have on children. We had a, um, a little uh, girl and a boy, but the little girl uh, came from a really tough uh, environment um, with a mother that just wasn't equipped to, to take, uh, take care of the children. And we took care of her, uh, her and her brother, about um, three weeks after she got into um, the, the system. And when we saw this little girl, um, sweet, but really no reaction, no emotion, didn't smile, really didn't interact uh, much at all. And, you know, we obviously tried to, you know, pour as, as much as we could, um, you know, into her for, for the time that we had her. And uh, we were really fortunate. We had an opportunity to watch her again uh, about two months later. And it was amazing, um, the work um, that was done uh, with her through that time and her interaction. And it just, it, it hit Jessica and I as, you know, when we talk about action, right? Not just the words, but the action. Um, what, and you pour love and you pour resources into, into these children, um, what they can be. And, you know, certainly we had a very small part of that. We had, you know, two months on kind of either side of that. And it was a lot of the counselors, the foster parents, the different agencies around. But it just shows the importance of that, of the difference that can be made and how the Holy Spirit can touch children. And, and, yeah. and you know, not, not all is lost. And, you know, right. we can continue if, if we put our time and effort uh, back into our children, uh, the work that can be done. Amen. So you mentioned Jessica. And I will tell you, I asked for permission to ask <laughs> about this, so I have permission. Um, you and Jessica have such a strong marriage, and so talk to well, us. Well, those a were my bit. words. I don't know. You're not going to. Yeah, hear that's true. <laughs> yes. That's true. I did ask Joe, uh, Jessica. <laughs> do you mind? My question is: This impacts the whole family for sure, but the the center of that family is you and Jessica. Yep. And ultimately, it's the choice that the two of you make together as a married couple to. Um, open your home and open your family. And so talk to us a little bit, if you don't mind, about how this impacts the two of you. Yeah, I think um, a, a couple things I'll, I'll address for that. One is, I think, you know, we try to keep each other balanced. Um, you know, one of the 
Um, you know, and I mentioned this a little bit as we were talking beforehand. One of the scriptures uh, that we put on our refrigerator, it's on a piece of just cardboard paper that uh, is, is on a magnet. Um, you know, it says, you know, dear children, let us not love with words and speeches, uh, but let us love with action and truth. And what that means to us and what we try to, you know, reflect back to the children is it's not just the words that we want to love these children bring out of the home. It's us being on the same page with things uh, and be able to make sure that we're not coming across stressed. We're not coming across um, you know, uh, agitated in any way. And that's important. And I'll tell you, that's one part that we continue evolve. We've got to make sure we're on the same page. We keep open lines of communication. The other piece I would say is, you know, the process of foster care and respite care, the process is the same as far as the training is. This isn't you sign on a piece of paper that you're willing to go do this and people show up at your next door with three kids. Um, there is a training that goes through it where you work with seasoned foster parents you worked with seasoned counselors and professionals to help you get your home ready. Um, you also go through uh, training every year, uh, and you share experiences and different stories. And so I think as we talk about our marriage of anything, it's continuing to make us stronger uh, mm. because I would tell you the lines of communication have to continue to be open uh, when you're bringing in different sets of, of children into the home. Right. And you still have date nights. I know we that. We still have date nights. Yes, still we had one Friday night, night, so it was See, great. Yes. That's good. <laughs> What would you say just to encourage someone? There might be someone who has been thinking about being a foster parent, kind of stepping their toe into that water like you mentioned. Um, what would you say to that person who's just, there's something there, but they're not really sure what it means? Yeah, I th hey, I think... Um you know, everybody's in, in different stages. And I liked how, how you said that. I think you got to figure and, and dip your toe in. And for us, it's it's not like day one, we heard foster cares talking and we, we showed up and we said, okay, we're ready to foster care, right? We're, we're in the process today. We've we've said respite care is where we feel like we can make the, the biggest impact. And what I would encourage is, I think, um, you know, if, if, if that is speaking to you, there's a love and, and kind of a, a drive to go do that is to dip your toe in. There are many ways to get involved. And I think in my experience and in our family's experiences, there's flexibility. It, it's not a do this or we, we don't have a place for you. I think there is so much need out there and there's so many great people uh, trying to do things, but we need more people uh, yeah. to be involved. And if you have that, I'd encourage you to put your toe in and it may be going to foster cares and helping fold clothes and getting the distribution ready for children that are coming in or getting ready for the Christmas season and helping them do that. Um, that may be it, right? And it leads to it. It took us two, almost three years to get to the point of, you know, respite care. And, you know, we hope to continue to, to grow in, in the journey with, you know, with, with foster families. Is there anything like a surprising moment that you've had? Like one just, whoa. Um, you know, uh, I would say it's uh, something new uh, comes out every time, I think, right? And uh, I talk about the track meet. I talk about, um, you know, that I, I didn't know I could, you know, function anymore on that little sleep. <laughs> you know, as they come into your home and you're working with babies again. Um, so I think every moment is, is something of, of wow, um, but it's a great wow, right? And it's not that it's not hard work and it's not that, um, 
you've got to be cognizant of, you know, your own family as you bring new families in. But I think the reward uh, for, for, for those children is, is great. And, and as I said, it's a, it's a get to for us now and a real blessing for us to, to grow as, uh, as, you know, followers in Christ uh, as well. If there was something that we as a community of faith could do for your family, what would it be? You know, um, I would say, you know, continue to pray, pray for our community, right? I, I think that's the, the biggest piece. I know for, for Jessica and I, um, you know, as we continue to evolve, and especially over these last several years, um, I think prayer and action are, are so great. I think, um, you know, for us, we've seen a lot, and we, we made a, you know, we tried to, and again, we hope we reflect this, um, you know, we tried to, um, you know, uh, it felt like there was always a lot of fear. We should fear stuff. And what we tried mm. to do is turn, you know, ourselves into how do we show love and grace? And I would say continue to pray for that. I would, uh, I would ask, too, if, if there are any interests in it, dip your foot in. Uh, I'm saying foot now, not toe, maybe a foot. Um, but dip it in and ask some questions and uh, certainly be inquisitive. Um, yeah. And I think uh, you'll, you'll find that there may be a place uh, where you could help and, and make an impact. I love that. Um, I like the turning fear, fear of something, fear of opening up your home. You know, your, your home is kind of like where your own personal respite is yeah. supposed to be. And so getting rid of that fear of opening that respite to something else of grace, that's beautiful. Because my next question, closing question was going to be about how has this changed your own spiritual life? Have there been moments where you knew God was speaking to you or an embrace where you felt that love? How has this changed your spiritual life? I think um, for for me, it's um, it's it's not to repeat myself, but I but I think it's opened my heart to be um, be much more cognizant of my actions, and that you know there is a there's a lot in this world we can talk about that needs to change, yeah. and there's also a lot in this world we can take action and change. And so I think that's what it's been the, the kind of the unwaking me. There's a lot of, lot of need uh, out there, and I, I've certainly, um, you know, our family's lived a, a blessed life, and there's a lot of things that, that we don't have to worry about, and sometimes you get close to that, and you don't understand that maybe there's, the, you know, what that other need may be, and I think this has opened yeah. me up and our family up that, you know, there's a need for continuing to show love and grace, and most importantly, action uh, yeah. to help others. Right now, in particular, I feel like the world is watching actions. It's all about how we're behaving, and it's all about our body mannerisms toward each other, and the language that we use toward one another. And so I think that's a good word for the day. It's just action. It's not enough to tell a child you love them. You have to show that child yeah. all kinds of love in many different ways. There's a wonderful statistic that says that um, there must be seven unrelated adults to make an impact in the life of one child. Um, so I'm going to say that again. It takes seven unrelated adults to make an impact in the life of a child. And so being a foster parent puts you in that category. It puts you in one of those unrelated parents or unrelated adult to make sure that you help a child because it shows that when seven unrelated adults takes an interest, they're the ones that are going to be quicker to graduate college and they're going to be quicker to become independent. And so I invite you, Chapel Roswell, to be a part of that seven too. 
to be a part of that fostering and adoption family as well. And so I thank you very much for sharing your story. I thank all of you, especially the three children, if you were embarrassed. <laughs> I thank you very much for your love and your support because Jessica, as he mentioned, it is a family thing to to open your home and extend your family. And so on behalf of all of us, thank you yep. very much. I know that there are families here in Chapel Roswell that have um, participated in adoption. Um, some of you may have been adopted. Um, some of you may have been fostered and some may be in the fostering system. And so for each of you, whatever that may mean and whatever that touches in your life, whatever touch point that is, we honor and respect it. And we say, we see that sacredness and we thank you for it. Um, I know that there's a member of our musical, um, our, one of our musicians, is here. There she is, Amber. Amber is an adoptive mother, and she has blessed us with a beautiful picture that we can see of Amber and Malia and her family right there. There is a beautiful family right there, and so we thank you, Amber, for your gift of love and for receiving the love of Malia back. Um, we firmly believe that family looks differently for everyone. Family looks differently for everyone. But what can be the same that unites us is that God's love is in the middle of it. And the Holy Spirit is just infusing it all the time. And that's what brings us together. That's what unites us. Because whether your son or your daughter or your 15 children may feel like is a child of God that could possibly save your life. And that's what we should remember. Every time we see a child or we get frustrated by an action or we worry about our own strength or our own energy, we should remember that each and every one of us was saved by a child thousands of years ago. And every day we have a possibility of being saved one more time. So all of us together now are at that very, very, very long table with all these wonderful different faces. And through the Holy Spirit and over the life of Jesus, we can all say we are the family that we met along the way. Joining us today, we have two staff members of Murphy Harpst, Chanel and Pam. And we are so thankful to have them. I would invite you, if you are interested, they can be your first step right here to just talking to them about what it means to open up your home what it means to support a home for children. Murphy Harps is an incredible example of making sure children have the grace and the love and the hospitality they need to be good and successful um, and know that they are loved and honored. And so I would highly um, recommend that you talk to Chanel and Pam on your way after worship. Murphy Harpst is one of the three different um, ministry partners that we have that can help you. Foster care, um, they have all sorts of needs for donations because they support every foster family in the state of Georgia. Um, and so I invite you to get to know about the Foster Care Foundation. Rachel would love to talk to you. We also have Wellroot, which used to be the United Methodist Children's Home. Um, and a lot of the time, the Children's Home Wellroot, now they have more teenagers and young adults, but they still need support. And so that's another place for you to go. But Murphy Harps is right here. And I, again, cannot tell you the amazing work 
that they do with children. They have group sessions. They have pet therapy. It's pretty amazing ministry. Um, it's a comprehensive ministry. And so we thank you for your work. And we thank you for the staff that you have that do 24-7 care to these children um, through virtual learning, even through a pandemic. And so we thank you. Now, with all of that, let's have a moment of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we are so thankful for every little noise a child makes, for every moment of laughter, for every word of a question, for every worry or an anxiety. Lord, may you be with them all. Lord, I am so thankful to for the Dean family in their home. I ask that you pour spirit, your spirit, on that home so that those children that walk into it, related or unrelated, know that they are a safe place. And whatever is happening in their lives, they can find love within it. Lord, I also thank you for the many nonprofits that provide a place for children so yes, be with the staff that run those agencies. Be with people from the development office to find support to the people in direct services providing those hard day-to-day -day conversations. May you be with the many people who are involved in taking care of your children. Lord, today I also ask for blessings on the many men and women who are trying to be parents. There are those among us, Lord, that are going through IVF. They are going through questions. They are wondering why, and they're wondering how. May you begin to plant seeds within them of fostering and of adoption and of parenthood. Be with every family, no matter how it looks, so that we all are reminded that every one of them look like you. And Lord, for the many who are not feeling worthy, we ask for you to give them self-value and self-worth. For the many parents who are uncertain of what is to come, for the husbands, for the boyfriends, for the girlfriends, for the fiance who is worried about what the next step may be. May you begin to be a part of those conversations and next steps. And may they know that any gift of a child is good. Use each and every one of us to parent and to show our actions so that everyone we meet can know your love and your forgiveness. So if there are things that we have done along the way this week or we have not done your will, give us a new opportunity so that we may try again. And for those of us in school, may we be good friends. May those of us who are at work, may we be good colleagues. And for those of us here at church, may we be good faith family along the way. Amen. <laughs>